When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Since 1983, Eddie Trunk has been the voice for fans of rock, hard rock, and heavy metal. A best-selling author, host of TV's That Metal Show, and seven national radio shows, including Trunk Nation, daily on Sirius XM. Interesting. Eddie offers the world his news-making interviews, passionate analysis, honest commentary, and who knows what else. So welcome to the Eddie Trunk Podcast. So a very happy, healthy new year to each and every one of you. And thank you for subscribing and listening to my podcast each and every week throughout the year and the years. Man, I don't even remember when I started this thing. I mean, five years ago, maybe something like that. I'm not hundred percent sure, but something around that period of, of time. It's uh, it's been quite a run and appreciate uh, doing it. Appreciate you guys telling me you listen and hearing from folks all over the world that enjoy and check out what I do here on the podcast each and every week. It's always interesting to connect with people and hear them say things like, Hey Eddie, I love the show. And often my response is, well, which show? And I don't say that to be a dick or anything. I say it because I often, am not sure what they're talking about. Some people are talking about, you know, old episodes of that metal show. Some are talking about my FM radio show, many talking about my satellite radio show. And of course, some talking about this very podcast. So however you connect with me, thank you for doing so. And if you are in the U.S. or Canada, I do hope you join me daily on volume where you can hear my daily show on Sirius XM Radio on Channel 106 live every day, 2 to 4 Eastern, replaying every night, 10 to midnight Eastern, or on demand anytime you want. That's all on Sirius XM Satellite Radio, Channel 106. And that is where the interviews you hear on this very podcast originate from. So as I tell you guys each and every week, you are only getting a tiny, tiny sample of what I do daily on the radio, live on Sirius XM. If you are only listening to the podcast and you're in the U.S. and Canada, uh, just come and join me on Satellite Radio and you will be getting the full picture. Just getting a tiny, tiny taste here on the podcast, but you're getting a taste. <laughs> and usually what I do and how it works is a week or two after these interviews originally are live and they have their way through the Sirius XM system, then I can present them to you here on the podcast. But there's so much more that I do 
than what you guys get here, and that's the whole point. Anyway, appreciate uh, you know all the great support. Follow on social media at Eddie Trunk, Twitter, Instagram, fan page on Facebook, EddieTrunk.com is the official online home. And now that we are inside of 2020, just a day or two, of course, but still inside of a new year, the schedule just starts going crazy because it's real nice to have that disconnect for a couple of weeks for the most part around the holidays. I spent much of it being sick, unfortunately, as is the case with a lot of people around this time of year, around a lot of people and dealing with weather and a lot of germs and people around and parties and what have you. Uh, Even though I didn't do much of that, I still ended up getting sick and spending much of the time sleeping and just dealing with a cold and doing my daily show on volume pretty much much of the way. But now that we're into the new year, and for the most part, the music industry really starts up again on Monday. You know, with New Year's Day being yesterday, if you're listening to this on post day, the first, of course, uh, this post day for this this week's episode being the 2nd of January, uh, if you're listening, the Monday, the 6th, is when really things start to ramp up and I think a lot of people blew off the rest of this week with the holiday coming right in the middle of it. So hopefully you got some extended time off and really things start going full throttle again uh, starting on Monday. And for me, very shortly after that, the schedule starts right up again with a lot of big things going on, including uh, getting ready to head to Anaheim for the annual NAM show, which I've attended the last three or four years uh, NAM is a massive gathering of folks from the music industry, predominantly the music retail industry, meaning the instruments and amps and guitars and bass and cables and effects. And a lot of the artists who endorse that stuff all converge in Anaheim at the Anaheim Convention Center, and it is a massive event. That also is surrounded by a lot of parties and, quite frankly, a lot of hangers-on and a lot of fans trying to get at some of the artists that show up at this thing every year. It is technically an event not open to the public, even though somehow the public does find a way to get into the expo. But uh, it is a huge, huge thing. And the last few years, I've gone there because my friend Pat Jesualdo puts on an award show for a very good cause the Hall of Heavy Metal History that he does celebrating hard rock and metal artists. And it's a nice award show that will be going down on the Wednesday before NAM at the Delta Marriott Hotel. I've hosted it every year that it's happened, and I'm looking forward to doing it again with the artist that Pat is honoring and that I'll be there to uh, be the master of ceremonies for. So I'll be doing that, and then there's a uh, Montrose tribute show that I've hosted the last couple years. This year, I'm only doing the pre-party and kicking it off. Uh, The big dime bash is going on. I might swing by that. There's a bunch of stuff happening, and I'll be doing my radio show, my volume show on Sirius XM from the hotel those few days also trying to pick off some cool artists. So that's all like right around the corner And then from there, we've got uh, the Monsters of Rock cruise coming up, which I've hosted every single one and is always a great time and can't wait for that. And I'll broadcast my volume show on board that as well. 
February 22nd, just announced there is a Buck Cherry show, huge history with those guys that I'll be hosting at the IDL Ballroom in Tulsa, where I've hosted so many shows before. So a lot of things going on. I even have a couple of things I almost forgot about for a second, uh, including a gig in Thornburg, Virginia at the Groove Music Hall, hosting Firehouse and special guests on January 26th. And also at the end of February, a makeup date, I was supposed to be in Erlanger, Kentucky, which is just outside of Cincinnati, for a speaking Q&A show. The new date on that now, February 29th. So jam-packed schedule, a lot happening. And I hope to see you guys out and about. As usual, keep an eye on social media and the homepage of eddytrunk.com for info and updates on all this stuff as we go. You know, looking back on the year of 2019, I think it was uh, a great year for rock, a great year for me personally. Had a great time and uh, great opportunities doing so much stuff in the field that I work at in TV and radio. A lot of great records came out, a lot of great concerts that I saw, a lot of great stuff that I did in L.A. where I went at least once every month throughout all of last year doing the L.A. Invasion stuff and the stuff from the Rainbow and, and what have you. As we get ready to kick into a new decade and a new year, I'm I'm really excited to see what the new year brings and uh, where things go. So most importantly, I hope everybody is happy and healthy and has a great 2020. And again, I appreciate all your support and look forward to what is ahead. The podcast for this week is an interview with a guy that I have interviewed many, many times over the years and the decades. And a guy that towards the back end of 2019 announced that his band will be part of a massive tour simply called the Stadium Tour, which is already off to a blazing start, a tour that is co-headlined by Motley Crue and Def Leppard. And from Def Leppard on this week's podcast, talking about that tour and much, much more is Joe Elliott. We'll talk to Joe in just a second. Uh, This interview you're about to hear was originally supposed to be, and I was told by the person who set it up, that it had to stay at 15 minutes. Well, whenever Joe and I get talking, it's usually nowhere near close to 15 minutes. (laughs) I I love that Joe is a passionate music and rock fan like I am and loves to talk about rock. And we've done it many, many times over the years and decades, as I said. The interview, in reality, I think we ended up going for about 35, 40 minutes, as you're about to hear, because turns out he didn't have to go and wanted to spend a little more time talking, and we probably would have talked even longer. But again, since this interview originated on my radio program, I had a commercial break and I needed to let him go. But we cover a lot of stuff. Now, Joe is working towards and really pushing and selling his latest project, The Down and Outs, which is a side band that he has on the side of Def Leppard. And Joe has put a lot of work into getting the word out about this band. But as you would imagine, being the lead singer... In Def Leppard, you know, and and announcing a huge tour, the focus and the questions and what most people are going to want to talk and ask about is going to be that actual tour. But that being said, 
Joe absolutely wanted to share some thoughts about his new album with the Down and Outs, which is, was released towards the back end of last year. So we talk a little Down and Outs. We talk Def Leppard. We talk Stadium Tour. We talk about what you will and won't see on this upcoming tour should you be going later on this year. For the first time, uh, Joe clearly does define and confirm that the two headlining bands, Motley Crue and Def Leppard, will alternate who closes on any given day. That's going to be interesting because, as I was saying, you know, on the radio show, if Motley, it's one of the nights where Motley does not close. In the past, Motley has done a lot with their stage production using fire and pyro and stuff. That doesn't work so well in daylight. So it'll be interesting, should Motley uh, be playing in daylight, what stage effects they will and won't be able to use. But all that to say, it should be a pretty uh, pretty epic tour to look forward to, especially if you're an 80s hard rock fan. And Def Leppard have worked incredibly hard to rebuild their career from the damage that so many bands got hit with in the 90s and the the whole grunge thing. And now this this massive tour getting ready to go out. So Joe talks about it. Talks about what uh, what Def Leppard has in store for that tour and talks a little bit about down and outs and a whole lot more. I think you're really going to enjoy it. So get ready for a conversation with Joe Elliott of Def Leppard, which, by the way, made news on the various rock websites and what have you extensively on many fronts when this interview originally aired live on my radio show a couple weeks ago. So now you'll have a chance to hear the entire thing uh, as it happened in its full glory here on the Eddie Trunk Podcast. Remember, connect with me on social media, at Eddie Trunk, and uh, eddietrunk.com. Keep an eye on that homepage. A lot of stuff about to be announced, and now that we're into 2020, uh, just a lot of things cooking and that I'm excited for uh, in this new year. So again, I hope the holidays were great for each and every one of you, and when we come back, we will get into my conversation with Joe Elliott, talking about the stadium tour, talking down and outs, and a whole lot more next. Happy holidays from your friends at Podcast One. Hi, everyone. It's Becca from The Lady Gang. We wanted to say thank you to all our advertisers for their support this year. We couldn't do it without you. Have a very happy holiday season. Hey, this is Adam Carolla. I want to thank you for listening this year and have a happy and safe holiday. Hi, it's Barbara Boxer wishing you a happy new year. And this is Nicole. Yeah, and we're wishing you a happy holidays. Hey, everyone. It's Sheena Shea from Shenanigans. Just wishing you all happy holidays and a very happy new year. Hey, Hey guys, it's Nas and Nadia from Ladies, Ladies Like, like us. us. We want to wish our listeners a very happy holiday and say thank you to all our advertisers who support our show. We could not do it without you. Happy holidays. Hey, it's Heather and Terry Dubrow. Hello, happy holidays. Happy holidays, everybody. Chuck, I know you love being Santa. No, I am Santa. Yeah. All day, every day. Happy, happy holidays, holidays from adulting like, like a mother father. Hey everyone, it's Caitlin Bristow from Off the Vine Podcast wishing you a very happy holiday season and thank you for all of your support this year. Tis the season of giving! And we know you're looking for gifts for your family and friends right now. So check out our amazing sponsors who bring you showmance every week for free. Give us your ears and they'll give you awesome deals. And we will give you more of the content you love. Hey, it's Heidi Pratt. I just want to thank all of our amazing sponsors for making this show possible and everything that they do so we can have this free podcast for you guys every week so thank you so much to all of our awesome sponsors we love you and we really love all your products so thank you hey everybody steve austin here and i want to wish you a very happy holiday season and a happy new year and that's the bottom line 
Lunch in the park? Check. Hand sanitizer? Check. Cancer screening? Done. We've all adapted to a new way of living. Keep your health care on schedule with Johns Hopkins Medicine, where your health and safety are our highest priorities. We're ready to care for you through virtual and in-person visits across Maryland and the greater Washington region. Your health, our experts, safely caring for you. Schedule your care now. Learn more at hopkinsmedicine.org forward slash safe. Okay, let's get you to it right now. This is Joe Elliott of Def Leppard covering a lot of ground. This interview took place on my Sirius XM radio show, Trunk Nation, heard daily on volume channel 106. Without further ado, the lead singer of Def Leppard calling just before Christmas from his home in Ireland. Here is Joe Elliott. Joe, happy holidays. How are you, man? Same to you, buddy. Yes, you are correct. I am at home in Ireland where yesterday it was like a monsoon and today it was almost like spring. Amazing. What what kind of um, you you work so hard during the week? You're on the on or during the year, I should say. You're on the road so much and stuff. When you get some downtime like this with the family around the holidays, what 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 goes on in the Elliott family for the holiday season? Do you guys pretty much stay put? Everybody come to the house? Do you travel a little bit? What do you like to do? It's busier in the house than it is when I'm on the road because there's so much <laughs> to catch up with. That's the problem, you know. You you come home to mountains of you know, mail, which most of them are like, you know, red warnings for bills you've not paid and stuff like that. <laughs> we, uh, you know, usual thing, when, when, I'm, when I'm at home, I'm just me, you know, nothing special. So I get to do all the, all the wonderful stuff like cleaning out the cat tray and putting up the tree and stuff like that, you know. Um, so, yeah, we pretty much hunker down for the winter and um, just chill out, you know, and we are always working, you know, if you're not writing a song or messing about with an idea, you're planning for this tour next summer. I'm currently promoting the Down and Outs album. So a lot of it is just me using my, you know, my, my mouth and my brain as best I can to get the point across that there's this new Down and Outs record and this huge tour next summer. So it's just, it's not manual labor, but it's work, you know, and but it's fun. It's fun yeah. to talk about music and 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 after all these years, we're about to have the biggest tour we've ever done. And we've been saying that for the last five years. It just keeps ramping up and up and up. It's crazy. Well, we'll talk about that tour in a second. But you mentioned the down and outs. Of course, we did an extensive interview in L.A. talking a lot about the record just before it came out. Uh, this is How We Roll, which is out there right now. The record's been out for a little bit, and I know it's got to be a bit of a challenge up against all the excitement about Leopard and the tour and, and the, 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 the magnitude, the sphere of Leopard that hangs above you to, to get a new band up and running like this. But how do you feel the response has been to the new album and, and the reception? The reception's been amazing from what I can gather because obviously it's a You know that Rush song, Trees? That's mm-hmm. what it's like I mean, the down and out when, you know, the Leopard have just announced um, this massive tour. You've got the, you know, the, the Oaks are blocking all the sunlight on the Maple. You know? <laughs> right. um, it's, it's a tough one, really. But um, the, the fact of the matter is that it's been very well received. I Obviously, in this day and age, it's easy to get the reviews forwarded on as emails from your PR team on a daily basis. And it's got fantastic reviews. It's been very well received. Um, listen, when I put it out, I wasn't expecting it to sell the way a Phil Collins solo record would or a Robert Plant solo record would. I put this record out as an artistic statement more than anything else to get these songs out of my head so we could move on. I've been messing around with these songs on and off for five years, 
whenever the mothership was parked up long enough for us to play around a little bit, you know, because the choir boys are busy and Vixen are busy and, and the Wayward Sons are busy and these are the bands that the guys come from. So I can only grab them when they're not working and the chances of us all not working at the same time were really hard and impossible, in fairness. So we had to do it in, in sections, you know. Um, so response has been great, more better than I expected. Um, and, uh, and this kind of record, it's not... The way that the business is these days, Eddie... And probably from going forward, it'll never, I don't think it'll regress back to the way it was in the 70s or the 80s. But this record is out there forever. You know, there's lyric videos are on YouTube forever. It's always there to be discovered. It's not like it's going to go out of fashion next year because it sounds like 1975 anyway, this record. You know, so it's always there and it, people will discover it down the road and it'll sound no different to what it did when it got, the day was released. So... For me, it's just an ongoing thing. It's out there like Esperia is out there. Um, and it just it just, it just it hangs in the air for people to pluck it off one of those maple leaves if the oaks just move out of the way for a couple of minutes. <laughs> Do you uh, – we'll talk about the stadium tour in a second, but I know that's coming and I know dates have just been added to that. But do you see a window or foresee a window or have a window where you could go out and do live shows with Down and Outs? Yeah, there's, there's a possibility, but not before that tour. It'll be after it. And that's what I said about this, this record. If anything, it will benefit me and the band to tour, you know, do some shows in a year's time. If we went out and toured it the week the album came out, we'd be playing those songs mostly to people that were coming out of curiosity because of the bands that were in other than the Down and Out or on the fact that the maybe owning the first two albums. And if we were to play the new songs a week after the album came out, they wouldn't be over, overly familiar with any of them. We can do a little club tour or a special guest on a bigger tour next year when the album's been out for a while, and anybody that knows it and has bought it will know the songs better. So I think they'd go to actually, they would be received better in a live environment later on. So I've no worries about that. Obviously, I want to play some shows, but realistically, you've got to... You can't let the, the tail wag the dog. And, and you know, I've just come off this year's tour and come home. I, I needed to just get some domesticity into my life because I haven't seen my family for a long time. So we're all kind of, you know, hunkering down for the winter together. And I'm just nibbling away at other little projects at the moment. But, um, yeah, one day I really genuinely would love to be able to come out and do a gig, even if it was so serious, just a radio show or play the Bowery or, you know, some little club in New York and do maybe something in L.A. and whatever we could do. Britain's always easier because that's where everybody lives. But um, you, you just wait for the opportunities and see what happens. But we'd actively be looking for when this tour is over, uh, after the summer, that next fall, next winter, we'd, we'd be doing something with it. One one more thing on Down and Outs, Joe, before we talk about the Leopard Tour. you, you uh, When I talked to you last for this record, the record wasn't out yet, and I didn't have the, the whole record at that time. But I do now, and there's a song on it that I was unaware of last time I spoke to you that is really a very moving and touching and, I think, brilliant song, and that's Goodnight, Mr. Jones, which is actually, which is obviously the, uh, you know, tribute you wrote to, to David Bowie. Talk a little bit about that. When did you have the idea to do that? Was it right after Bowie died, or did you did you take some time and really think about that one? 
No, I took my time. Um, I didn't want to do some knee-jerk reaction um, to to, to his, his passing. Um, it was obviously always in my mind um, the same way that, you know, there's two ways of doing it. When, when, when Lennon died, I think Roxy Music had a number one hit single in the UK a week after Lennon died with a cover of Jealous Guy. That would have been the, 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 the kind of knee-jerk reaction version, which, which, in fairness for them, was very successful. But I, I was writing, and it was only when I got the music together for that track, and I was listening to it, and, you know, it's pretty obvious when you listen to it, it's kind of got a Bowie-esque kind of Life on Mars type vibe to it. You know, it was very much in that vein. It was written on a piano. Um, I was thinking about Rick Wakeman when I was writing it. I can't play like him, but he was always an inspiration as a key, as a pianist and um once i'd got the music down i thought this kind of sounds like the right time i was also aware of the fact that about three years two years ago maybe six months after bowie passed that ian hunter had done a song called dandy about about uh, bowie and i didn't want it to be too close to that so people thought i was only doing it because ian had done one you know i wanted it to be completely natural i wanted it to just have references that would make it nice references to a bowie i didn't want to over egg the omelette by making it too smaltzy or making too many references towards him as a person. I, I kind of play, I did some double entendres with some song titles of his in there. But I just thought well, once I got that chorus, you know, good night, Mr. Jones, um, the stars of your spirit, the earth as your flesh and your bones. I just thought I was onto a winner with it straight away, you know. So it was it was a subject ripe for picking for me because he. he he had been part of me uh, as, a, as a fan, as a musician, as a, as a hero since I was about 12 years old. So there was plenty of room in my head for me for this to percolate and for it to naturally come out the way I wanted it to. I was really happy with the way that that song turned out. And it's not just the, the lyrics and the melodies and also the string arrangement that we did for it really worked out well. And Paul Gearing's guitar solo is just to die for. It's just a superb Mick Ronson-esque guitar solo just fits beautifully with the song. Yeah, it really does. This is how we roll is the album from the Down and Outs. It's out now. If you haven't checked out Joe's side project, be sure to do so. Really good new record of original material that's out there, including that tribute to, to Bowie that Joe just talked about. We'll be right back with more with Joe Elliott on this week's podcast. Happy holidays from your friends at Podcast One. Hi, everyone. It's Becca from The Lady Gang. We wanted to say thank you to all our advertisers for their support this year. We couldn't do it without you. Have a very happy holiday season. Hey, this is Adam Carolla. I want to thank you for listening this year and have a happy and safe holiday. Hi, it's Barbara Boxer wishing you a happy new year. And this is Nicole. Yeah, and we're wishing you a happy holidays. Hey, everyone. It's Sheena Shea from Shenanigans. Just wishing you all happy holidays and a very happy new year. Hey, Hey guys, it's Nas and Nadia from Ladies, Ladies Like, like us. us. We want to wish our listeners a very happy holiday and say thank you to all our advertisers who support our show. We could not do it without you. Happy holidays. Hey, it's Heather and Terry Dubrow. Hello, happy holidays. Happy holidays, everybody. Chuck, I know you love being Santa. No, I am Santa. 
Facebook yeah. all day, every day. Happy, Happy holidays from adulting like a mother father. Hey everyone, it's Caitlin Bristow from Off the Vine Podcast wishing you a very happy holiday season and thank you for all of your support this year. Tis the season of giving! And we know you're looking for gifts for your family and friends right now. So check out our amazing sponsors who bring you showmance every week for free. Give us your ears. And they'll give you awesome deals. And we will give you more of the content you love. Hey, it's Heidi Pratt. I just want to thank all of our amazing sponsors for making this show possible and everything that they do so we can have this free podcast for you guys every week. So thank you so much to all of our awesome sponsors. We love you and we really love all your products. So thank you. Hey everybody, Steve Austin here. And I want to wish you a very happy holiday season and a happy new year. And that's the bottom line. Order shipments? Check. Virtual meeting? Check. Schedule heart checkup? Done. We've all adapted to a new way of living. Keep your health care on schedule with Johns Hopkins Medicine, where your health and safety are our highest priorities. We're ready to care for you through virtual and in-person visits across Maryland and the greater Washington region. Your health, our experts, safely caring for you. Schedule your care now. Learn more at hopkinsmedicine.org forward slash safe. It's Eddie Trunk. Let's get back to more with Joe Elliott on this week's podcast. Um, Joe, I know we have limited time with you, which is why I'm, I'm moving along a little quickly here. But I, I haven't had a chance to talk to you since this tour was announced. I know the press conference happened. I know the shows went on sale. I know six, seven more shows were just added. I know some shows are sold out now more than six months in advance. Has has this whole thing just floored you, the, the right out of the gate success of it? Um, yeah, pretty much. You know, we, we, you, when you put a, a tour on like this, and it's basically a traveling festival, it's like a carnival that we're taking out there, you know. When you put something on of this magnitude, you hope for the best and kind of expect, well, not the worst, but, you know, expect normality, I suppose. Um, Leopard have notoriously never shot out of the box. We've always closed really well, you know, so we, we'd be turning up to a gig sold out that sold out 20 minutes before we went on stage, you know. Right. Um, this is kind of like hysteria all over again, really. Um, obviously, a lot has to do with the fact that we've got Motley on board and, and you've also got Poison and Joan Jett. It is an enormously attractive package, you know, is what it is. Um, but the fact that we had shows selling out within minutes of going on sale, if that happens in a club... You're, you're kind of chuffed and happy. If it happens in a theater or an arena, you're ecstatic. But when it happens in a stadium, you're kind of gobsmacked. You, you're standing there looking at the phone when your manager is telling you this, like going, are you kidding me? <laughs> you know? I mean, it really was. I mean, see, I'm a nerdy fan as well. You know what I mean? I'm not just a businessman or something like that. I'm just this guy that kind of, I'm inside this big giant machine, but I'm trying to look at it from the outside of what it was like when I'd, here that Zeppelin put Nebworth on sale and he sold out in a day. It makes it as a fan, you're like you're really so happy for your for your band that they've they've you know the, the, this band that you're a big fan of are, are doing so well. It's like justifies your faith in them and that kind of thing. So you know I, I look, try to look at it from two heads really. You know as a fan and and as a guy actually in, in one of the bands. Um, so it, it really was you know unbelievable when they said well we're going to be adding shows because it's. It's really taking off, and, and I mean, who knows where this could go, because this is just the beginning, potentially, and it all depends on everybody's availabilities and, and staying power to, to carry this on, but, 
you know, there's talk of adding even more shows, maybe not even this year, you know, next year. It's it's all up in the air. Nothing's, you know, written in stone. But these 22 that were initially put on has at least gone to 28. And, and 10 of them are pretty close to sell out if they've not already sold out. So it really is a testament to the fact that when people say rock is dead, the four of us artists can stand there and look everybody straight in the eye and go, no, it's not. Well, you kind of alluded to that in the press conference a little bit, which I loved. And I, I got to tell you, you know, I was talking to Brett Michaels last week, and uh, he and I are friends, and we go way back, and we were joking because there's no secret that over the decades there's been a tremendous amount of, I guess you could say, dysfunction and internal band issues with Poison. Motley has made no uh, secret that they've had that throughout their entire history. I said to Brett, I said, Jesus, I hope Joe isn't in the middle trying to be a referee or something two shows into this thing and he was laughing and agreed that you could be you guys could be leopard is so low-key you, you could be dodging uh, folding chairs being thrown amongst all these guys we hope that doesn't happen but it's very possible given the history here <laughs> how much of that did he get joe we dropped you there for a second your call your phone dropped did you hear what i said though I did not hear what you said, but say we can do all this rock and roll, but not much we can do about technology, is there? <laughs> no, no, no. I was just I was joking with Brett Michaels uh, last week when he called in because Poison has had a long history of dysfunction and inner band dynamic issues. Motley has made no secret of that. I said to Brett, I said, you know, I hope Joe Elliott and the rest of the Leopard guys don't find themselves becoming referees three days into this tour or dodging chairs or instruments being thrown at each other. Um, I, I'm assuming that's not going to happen, but it's pretty fascinating because leopard is so even keeled and take and 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 motley and poison are, are anything but it's so volatile the dynamic of those bands i've been in the past there's no doubt and you know all members of said bands would would agree with that and testify to it you know um i don't know what the dynamic is after a five-year absence and you know, looking back in the cold light of day at the way that things were, maybe they've all grown to change their opinion on each other and on, you know, on the big picture. Sometimes the pacing of it can be difficult. You know, everybody handles things differently. We've been very fortunate that the way that Leopard works, we've always had breathing space between projects. You think about going back to the days of when we were very popular uh, in the sense of selling millions and millions of records. You've got to remember that that was 1983, and then it was 1987, and then it was 1992. There was five-year gaps between when everybody else was putting maybe two or three records out. We had that kind of different dynamic, and I think long-term, it's like the tortoise and the hare, we had less issues individually uh, when it came to, like, triviality stuff that seems to have affected these, you know, in the past, uh, Motley and Poison. But when we've had incidents like uh, Rick's accident or Steve losing his life, it puts things into a perspective that you don't sweat the small stuff, you know. And I think maybe if they haven't had those kind of traumas that we had, their small stuff became big stuff. And maybe yeah. that's, maybe, I don't know, I haven't ever sat down and discussed it with them man to man, you know, as to, I'm speculating on how and why they were the way they were. But um, we never really had those kind of issues. It's not like we've never had an argument. I mean, we've had plenty of them, but they've mostly been quite mature ones and normally about something very, very important. We've never argued over 
trivial stuff that causes just ructions for no reason. We argue over the strength of a song or the the outlay of a tour or all this kind of stuff, you know, and just to make sure that we've got it right. And we always go with the majority vote. And so if you lose 3-2 or 4-1, you accept that, you know, like you would do in, in any kind of democracy. Um, but, you know, I, I, I got the impression from the press conference, and rightly or wrongly, that there's a different dynamic between everybody in both of those bands. When we last toured with Poison, there wasn't really the kind of major problems that we could see. They always, for the majority of the time, except for maybe one gig, they managed to get on stage as a full piece. But um, with Motley, we toured with Motley in, in the UK in 2012, I think it was, and I didn't see any problems there either. So I don't know whether it's just when people around us, they act differently. I, I don't know, you know. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I don't think I'd want to be doing any refereeing between any of those guys. <laughs> you know, they've got their issues. They're not our issues. But I think this is going to be such a joyous occasion, this whole stadium tour, that I can't really see why anybody would have any problems with anything at all. You know, if you've got yourself in shape and you know your songs and you're rehearsed well, you're just out there to celebrate yeah. phenomenal music with enormous amount of people that have been fans since they were kids. It's like our generation of the Rolling Stones and the Beatles touring together or something. You know, it's like, it's a big event. It's a huge, huge event. It's a celebration. I can't really see why there would be any negatives. Joe, can I ask you a couple quick things, or do you have to go? I know Jody said we had limited time, but... Okay, so so real quick, here's what I want to know. This is what the fans want to know, too. So this tour, just for clarity purposes, is a co-headline between you and Motley, meaning both bands will have equal set times, and are you going to flip-flop as far as who closes? Yeah, yeah, How has that are, been sorted out? I think they're still working on who gets where. You know, I mean, we're, we're very flexible when it comes to stuff like that. You know, if someone's got a favorite town or it's their hometown, they can have it. You know, we did that with Journey. You know, that We let them have San Francisco because... It was the honorable thing to do, you know. We got New York, you know, and that kind of thing. So, yeah, there's the 30 shows, there'll be 15 each, but everybody gets their full production, everybody gets the same amount of time. It's just like you said, it's, just, it's more like a, a carnival where, you know, it doesn't really matter what order everybody's on. I mean, you've got to remember, Joan Jett's going to go on first. I mean, just look at the catalogue of songs that she has. It's like when we went out with Journey 18 months ago, we had for five or six gigs, we had the Pretenders. I mean, can you imagine what that was like for a stadium full of people listening to a short but very vibrant set by her, by, you know, the Pretenders, Chrissy Hind really doing her thing. You know, we had Peter Frampton doing his thing when we were up in Toronto. And that was just amazing. We, we actually were going out there like fans to watch. I mean, I bought Frampton Comes Alive. I wanted to see this, you know. I bought every Pretenders album. I wanted to see them. And, you know, Joan Jett, we've toured with her twice before. She's an incredible artist and such an energetic, just, just a ball of energy, you know. So they, they've got their thing to do as well. It's, they won't be playing as long as we do, of course, but... Um, I just think the overall thing's going to be huge. But yeah, Oz and Molly will we'll take it in turns to, to close out the shows. 
And you know that they Motley is known. They're going to come out with the you know whatever they can do. Drum roller coaster. Nikki's going to be shooting fire out of his base. They'll be blowing stuff up. All of that bit. That's part of what they do. For you guys, uh, have you thought about your approach to this tour in terms of? I'm assuming the set list is going to be pretty much in the pocket for what you've been doing. I mean, you got to play the hits. It's a big summer tour. But from a production standpoint, have are you just going to be leopard and do what you've always done? Or have you thought? Have you already thought about some ways that okay, we're going to up the ante a little bit because you know we're going to have <laughs> flamethrowers either before or after us? Have you guys sorted that out yet? That doesn't that doesn't worry us. It never did, you know. And I, I don't mean this as a slight on any other band, but when we've got a catalog of songs like we've got, we've always kind of not shied away from from like you know massive pyros and all that kind of stuff because. We we tended to think that sometimes bands overuse stuff like that because there was something else missing. Um, it's not always true, I think, with Kiss and Motley and to a point Metallica. You use it for effect, and that's cool. What we use for effect is like lasers and there's back screens with uh, the history of the band playing away in the background or some abstract art that goes with a song very well. Um, so it's eye candy. You've got to remember when people come to stadiums, they're not just listening, they're watching. So you do have to put some kind of a show on. But the way that we've always been is I've never been flashy like, um, say, a David Lee Roth or something like that. I've always just been more just that British restraint that Brian Johnson has or Robert Plant had, where you just do your thing. And, and that's what Leopard have always been. It's, we've always tried to just put on a classy show. That's always what we've tried to do. Irrelevant of what the band before or after us does, we do what we do. And I think that over the years, people have got to know what we're like live. If they've seen us before, they know exactly what to expect in the sense of like, it's never going to be below a certain standard. But um, trying to outdo Motley's roller coaster or bases exploding <laughs> or Gene Simmons' blood dripping out, I guess, if we never went there, that we didn't see the point. You know, it's like it wouldn't be real if we started to do things like that because we never did it in the past. I mean, you know, I could come out on a bicycle, I suppose. <laughs> 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 Bob Alford's done the motorbike to death. I mean, you know, I could come out on roller skates. I mean, I don't know. We'll just come out there and play our songs and interact with the crowd as people, you know. And it's it's what we've always done. You know, Motley, and, and two more quick things. Motley has pointed to, and, and we're not getting into the contract and the whole coming back, I, I knew that would have about a 24-hour news cycle and everybody would forgot about forgot about it anyway, and that's exactly what happened. But for but a lot of what Motley has pointed to for them sort of coming back was their movie, the biopic The Dirt. I know that there was a biopic on Leopard on VH1. I know it wasn't good, and most of you guys did not like it. But there is not a band, I don't think, that has a story as powerful and a story of unbelievable perseverance like Def Leppard does. Do and 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 you know, I'm I'm sure you've seen the Elton movie and the Queen movie and the Motley movie. Would you like at some point, Joe, a proper biopic to be done on the Def Leppard story? I wouldn't say no to it. You know, I mean you've got to remember when the one that was done for us was done. It was twenty years ago. It was such a a, a non event in the in the history of music, people weren't doing movies on, on, on bands. There hadn't been a biopic on the Stones or the Beatles. So for, for VH1 to decide to do one on us because they wanted to pick on the 
humanistic story of Rick's recovery. It only went up as far as 1986, you've got to remember. So Steve was still a very big part of the band. He was left up right, he quit before his theory even came out, you know, that movie. It was low budget, it was, um, it was a, an experiment on VH1's part. We had barely any say in what they did. I remember the script doctor in one bit where they were trying to rush the storyline so much that they had Phil in the band for the High and Dry tour. And I said, you can't do that. <laughs> we'll be slaughtered by our fans. You have to change it. Other than that, we didn't, re- you know, and they shot it in Canada, so everything was on the wrong side of the road. It was, you know, it was what it was. It was 20 years ago. It was an experiment that wasn't really great. You know, things have moved a long way since then. The Queen the movie has set a, a precedent that's going to be pretty hard to top. I, I mean, agree. a billion dollars at the box office is insane. I mean, that's bigger than Bond movies, you know. The Elton film's done incredibly well. The Dirt did really, really well. Um, if, if somebody comes to us one day and says that they want to do it, we're not going to stop them because now there's such a standard set that it would have to match those three movies that we just mentioned. So it would be a much, much better version of what that story was. The story's going to be the same. You know, there's probably a million biopics out about certain presidents, like, say, Kennedy, and they all have the assassination thing shot from a different angle, but it's essentially the same story. With us, it's going to be the same story. Band Forms in Sheffield has some success. Drummer loses his arm, has some more success. Guitarist loses his life. Band carries on, and we, we, we basically hang in there as best we can to promote what we are, you know. Um, yeah, it could make a good film. I, I personally, as a human being, think that Leonard Skinner have got one way over everybody else when it comes to personal tragedy. So they would be above us, in my estimations, as, you know, the necessity for a film being made about yet another rock band. Um, because they really did have it tough, you know. Um, but, yeah, you, you, you never say never, you know. I mean, we're not going to fund one ourselves. But if, if, you know, Pixar or Disney or somebody decided they wanted to do it, we would embrace it the same way we ended up embracing the Hall of Fame. Last thing here, and you touched on this last time we spoke when we were together in L.A., uh, next year, which we're days away from uh, 2020, is the 40th anniversary of the first Def Leppard album of On Through the Night. You had mentioned in that interview that there was some special edition and a concert uh, that's going to be included and all that. Any update you can give us on any 40th anniversary activities for Leopard in 2020? Well, yeah, the early years box set will be out in the first, I think, what the grown-ups like to call the first quarter. Um, <laughs> so sometime between January and April. Um, I'm not sure the exact date, Um that uh, we're doing like the first two albums with bonus material uh, and there's a live a live recording from Oxford New Theatre in the UK uh, from uh, April 1980 which is actually astounding I'd forgotten about it I didn't you know, just didn't realize you know how good it was you know and listening to the two armed rig Allen and Sav, I mean, what a tight rhythm section they are. They were then, but they still are now. But even back then they were. And Pete and, and Steve Clark, Pete Willis, Steve Clark, were a great combination in those days. They really worked well, you know. Um, and as I said in the, in the liner notes, if you peer through the, uncertain, the, the, the curtain of uncertainty that was my voice back in those days, you can hear the, the beginnings of a really great band, you know. 
Um, so we've got that. There's um, there's something special uh, penciled in for Record Store Day, which I believe is April as well. Um, so there's a lot of activity coming out. And with it being 2020, we very cleverly started a, a campaign called 2020 Vision, where we're going to be uh, re-releasing uh, a lot of our past um, video um, product uh, in, in you know in, in much better condition than it was originally released. In other words, no hissy VHS tapes anymore, but cleaned up 5.1 surround sound remixes on the sound of some live stuff, some live things that have never seen the light of day before other than brief TV appearances. So there's a lot of stuff coming out next year um, where we're tidying up the back catalogue so we can move on to doing something new, which will be great. You got new stuff cooking? You working on stuff? Yeah, we do. We got we got a lot of stuff cooking. Um but we just uh it's it's just prioritizing what's real you see, there's still too many people in the industry, Eddie, that believe in the original blueprint of what we do. And it's moved on and they don't seem to want to accept that, you know. So we get a lot of criticism from all quarters, fans, media saying that, you know, we don't, we're not concentrating on getting new music out there. It's not that important at this time in our career. What's important right now for, you look at the Eagles, you look at the Fleetwood Mac, you look at Jay Kiss or Aerosmith, people want to see them live. Ticket sales prove that. They can all put new records out and they don't sell anything like their original albums did it just is the way that it is oh yeah and it's it's no longer the it's no longer the driver for a tour that uh, for a band no. anymore that has any big and catalog it's, it's, and hits it, it's, it's irrelevant a long time to accept that fact that um we still want to make new music don't get me wrong we absolutely do but the we we were one of the first bands to not put an album out every year you know, back in the day, you think about Lizzie, Rush, UFO. There was an, you can date their albums to a year, literally, if you're a fan, you know. And then towards the 80s, it started to break out into maybe an album every two years. We were the band that went from 1980 to 81 to 83 to 87 to 92 to 96 to 99 to 2002. We went into a three-year cycle because the touring thing was so much more important. And right now, looking at these ticket sales, you, I don't know if you saw the Post art, um, article yesterday, but that first day, weekend, the, the tickets went on sale, we shifted 700,000 tickets. There's no way on earth that any of, any of the bands on that tour would shift 700,000 albums in the same period of time. So it is not a massive priority to make new music. But what you've got is whether it be the Stones or whether it be... The Who, who just released their only their second album since 1982. You know, the, the Who have been touring all this time because it's what people want and it's what they want. When we started this band, we didn't start this band and get together in a little rehearsal room and Sheffield going, well, I can't wait to spend hours and hours in the studio. Nobody ever said that. <laughs> what we did is like, we can't wait to be on top of the pops so and we can't wait to get on stage. And that's we still are. You know, we made records so we could get out on the road. We used to tour to promote albums. Now you will put an album out to promote a tour. And that's exactly. the point where you don't even have to put an album out anymore. Now, don't get me wrong. We absolutely are writing. We do want to make a record, but we're going to make it in our own sweet time 
So it's a good album, not a rushed album, with some A&R man going, I don't hear a single, or record companies tapping their watch face going, we need it by the third quarter. We are going to make a record when we have the time to do it, but the priority, as these ticket sales prove, is us playing in front of our fans. That's what they want, otherwise they wouldn't be buying the tickets. Well, I'll close with this. <laughs> For anybody that complains about Def Leppard not making new music, of the bands you are about to go on tour with, you by far have the most recent record released. <laughs> the, the Def Leppard record, your last studio record, I mean, Motley hasn't done a record, a full record in ages. Poison hasn't done one in probably 20 years or more. So there there you go, and the tour is selling like gangbusters. And, it's and, and I know it, it's, it's not really... I'm not saying it to justify anything, but, you know, the Down and Out album just came out. Vivian released the, sec- the third uh, Last in Line. Last in Line, right. Album only a few months ago. The, the, the second um, Delta Deep album, uh, or the, sorry, right. the, the most recent Delta Deep album was only, what, maybe 15, 16 months ago. So as individuals, we are always very active when it comes to putting work out. I just did a charity single in the UK um, for Planet Rock, which is the other station that I, I DJ for. Um, it involved things like Justin Hawkins on The Darkness and loads of British artists. You know, we're forever dipping our toe into doing something new, recording something. Um, Leopard will make something, but the the enjoyment that we are getting at the moment of being together, the camaraderie that we have, playing in front of an audience and watching the audience grow to the point where 42 years since we got together, we're technically now playing in front of more people than we ever have. It's like, why would we want to upturn that apple cart right now, you know, um, by shutting down the entire, you know, operation to spend two years behind closed curtains, scratching our heads, coming up with songs. We'll write them as we go along. Like we did the last album, you know, the last Def Leppard album, which came out in 2015, was an accident. We were supposed to only write three songs and put out an EP, but we just all had so many things that we ended up with 12 tracks, mm-hmm. which became 14 tracks, you know. So we had so much fun doing that record because we didn't realize we were making it. I don't know whether you can do that twice in your life, but it would be great if the next album has the same kind of energy, which is invisible if you like no pressure just write songs that we felt comfortable with we weren't trying to compete with our past we weren't trying to break down barriers or go places never been you know like you're not going to get reggae coming out of a Def Leppard record <laughs> we were always going to be who we are you know melodic hard rock of course big choruses big guitars that's what we do I appreciate like hell the time. Congratulations on the tour. Congratulations on the down and outs record. I know Leopards put a ton of work in the last 20 years into getting this point. I'm so happy for you guys. It's always great to talk music with you, and I hope you and your family have a great Christmas. Thank you so much, man. You too, and to all the listeners, happy Christmas and a happy 2020. Hopefully see you out there next summer. I will see you indeed. Thank you, Joe. Take care. Thanks, pal. See you Bye-bye. Later. Well, my thanks to Joe Elliott. I could have spoken to him for easily another half an hour, and I think if I wasn't coming up on a commercial break and I didn't have to cut him off, we might still be talking. Love talking rock with that guy. We've done it many times, and it's always a lot of fun. And congrats to Leopard and uh, Motley and Joan Jett and Poison. That tour off to a blazing sales start, and look forward to seeing how that all plays out. It'll be one of the big storylines of 2020 the upcoming stadium tour. Joe touching on that. And be sure to check out 
the new album from the Down and Outs, which we talked about at the top of that interview. I think you guys will really enjoy it. Thanks to Katie Irizarry. She is the producer of the Eddie Trunk Podcast, as always. Remember, there are new episodes each and every Thursday, always free. Please subscribe, podcastone.com, or, of course, Apple Podcasts. And be sure to follow on social media at Eddie Trunk, Twitter, Instagram, fan page on Facebook, and be sure to check eddietrunk.com, the official online home. And finally, don't forget to listen to my radio show, Trunk Nation Daily, on Sirius XM Channel 106, volume, heard live 2 to 4 Eastern, Monday through Friday, replays every night, 10 to midnight Eastern, or on the Sirius XM app. If you're in the U.S. and Canada and you are already not joining and listening, please be sure to do so. I'll see you guys next Thursday for another all-new episode. Happy New Year, everybody. Be safe. Masks for family? Check. Garden cleanup? Check. Schedule back pain visit? Done. We've all adapted to a new way of living. Keep your health care on schedule with Johns Hopkins Medicine, where your health and safety are our highest priorities. We're ready to care for you through virtual and in-person visits across Maryland and the greater Washington region. Your health, our experts, safely caring for you. Schedule your care now. Learn more at hopkinsmedicine.org forward slash safe. Myrtle Beach is the beach. 60 miles of bright sand, water, and a wealth of wonderful music playing day and night. You can step into a simple beach bar and discover a surprising level of exciting musical talent. A place to kick back and groove to the enticing soundtrack of the most unexpected vacations around. With nothing but good vibes floating through the warm ocean air. Plan your own music-filled trip to America's Jukebox at visitmyrtlebeach.com.